What's your favorite genre of movie? Secretly, it used to be rom-coms. Secretly. Secretly, obviously. I guess now it would be more general, be drama, but I love movies that depict real life really well. What's your favorite genre of film? And can I guess before I before you answer? Funny thing, I was actually asked this over the weekend. Go ahead, take, take a wild guess. The problem is there's like so many levels here. I've made movies with you. I've only recently watched... I'm going to go horror because I think that's your favorite, but... No. Really? Yeah. Okay. Don't Want say to, action. That you got it. Action. Yeah, specifically like I like uh, kung fu movies. You know what? I was about to say he's going to say kung fu. Yeah. Because Kill Bill. What about Kung Fu Hustle? How do we oh, I love it? that movie. Okay. That's yeah, good. it's hysterical. It's the first uh, kung fu movie I ever watched. My dad made me watch it. I think he was trying to hook up with some that, girl, though. Yeah. Like, he goes watch this movie. He's like, you gotta check out Kung Fu Hustle. <laughs> yeah. Well, I go hustle some girls. He's gonna right. shell in her soccer. Sound, speeding, camera, rolling. Team 5, take 303, mark. Welcome to Take 303, powered by Fort Wayne Media, the podcast with one guy who knows a lot about movies and his friend. We're going to discuss film, television, and today... We're discussing Demolition Man and Spirited Away, and this is our monthly segment of JP and Nick's Picks. Spoiler warnings ahead. So 2001 Spirited Away, directed by Hayao Miyazaki. Miyazaki, yes. Miyazaki. Um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce any of the other cast members. Spirited Away is about a 10-year-old girl who has just moved, and while on the move with her parents get lost in a forest, stumble upon what looks to be an amusement park. While there, her parents get transformed into pigs, and she is spirited away into a wonderful, uh, whimsical bathhouse. And while she's there, she is trying to save her parents, and that's the basic premise of the movie. I had a very different reaction to it than you did. Well, first off, you don't even know my reaction. Okay. Oh, so it could go any, any which way. It could go anyway. I'm just... I guess... I was surprised by your reaction because you're the filmmaker guy here. You're the expert. This is the first film that actually won an Oscar. It won for Best Animated Feature. The first Japanese anime animated feature to win. Also, while researching it, I learned it's the only one to this day that is uh, hand-drawn. Correct. To have won. Now, I have only seen one Miyazaki film, I think. What's the film? It was Ponyo. Ponyo, yep. That's yeah. Right. I saw it in a film class where they were relating it to The Little Mermaid. Yeah, it's a ripoff of The Little Mermaid and Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. And this one, I'm getting similar vibes where I feel like I saw it in Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if that was done on purpose or not. I just felt like, oh, yeah, you know, you have this this family. They're moving. The kid um, worried about, like, the whole idea of moving to another place. And that's so relatable to so many different kids. And she's forced to, like, you know, be brave to work and you know get her parents back and by the end of the film when they they come back in the real world she's more prepared for that journey i liked it i just didn't love it like i wasn't i was like it looks it looks great it is a very beautiful film to look at but for me i didn't really get a lot out of it okay i was also a little confused at like some of the the happenings in the middle where like i understood what was going on i just didn't understand why it was a big deal mm. the kid um haku 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 yeah. i didn't understand why he's a spirit but a dragon and then he m- made this deal or he was cursed mm-hmm. and i thought the curse was that he turns into a dragon and that was not the case no yeah yeah so i was just confused by little little things like that sure just like i guess maybe the lore of it because it's a it's a lot 
Yeah, I think for sure. So I had a lot of uh, similar reactions to you because I remember the first time I had saw or heard about anything Spirit Away, I was watching HBO and they were doing a commercial in between movies. Mm -hmm. For people who used to watch TV, this is something that would happen. It's commercials. And like it was like the 10-year or 20-year anniversary of this movie Spirited Away, and I'd never seen it. And the way they were talking about it, you would think this, like, shattered, like, everything you know about movies, this is going to transform it. And I remember seeing it, and I had a very similar reaction. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that happened. Okay, I was worried, because I thought you were going to be like, yo, man, this is, like, the greatest movie ever. It changed my life. And then I was like, I, I, I'm not feeling it, though. No, no, no. Um, so this is made by Studio Ghibli, mm -hmm. okay? So they make a lot of films. And if you know anything about the studio, it's very minimal plot, doesn't have a lot to get started, and it's all about these coming-of-age, whimsical, very fairy tale. Um, and some movies are portrayed primarily to kids, but everyone seems to get something out of it. When I watched it the first time, I didn't get it. I, it was, I thought, whatever. I watched it a second time, and I loved it. And now I just watched it again before coming here, and I was like, yeah, I like this movie. So funny that you mentioned that, because... When I when I watched it last night, I was a little tired. I was a little bit out of it. I wasn't really like vibing with it. And then I sent you like the text saying like, yeah, I'm, I get it, but like I don't. Yeah. And then I actually I've watched it again this morning because yeah. like there's got to be something that I'm missing here. Let me come to it with like fresh mind. I'm rested up. Let me just watch this again. And I just had the same reaction. I was like, I get it. Like <laughs> I. I definitely, like, I didn't miss anything. Yeah. I, I don't understand how it's a masterpiece, but I get it. Like, I understand it. Will I watch it again? Probably, Probably not. not. Curious, did you watch it in Japanese or in English? Okay, so before you get on my case, and I had this actually on my list of questions. Yeah. Um, I watched it in English. Okay. So I always go for dubs over subtitles, because I don't like to read my movies. I prefer <laughs> dub over sub any day of the week. <laughs> All these, like, sub you have to watch. I'm like, I'm all right, dude. If it's, dub, it's animated. You can dub anything. It's already dubbed. It's already dubbed. <laughs> I've preferred dubs over subtitles. And actually, when we were talking about it, you know, favorite genre. Oh, kung fu movies. 90% of those movies that I was watching are dubbed. Not because I wanted to, but that's how they were released yeah. to, to us in, like, the, eight, the 70s and 80s. Because they had to reach a... A larger audience if there's any choice involved i'm always going to choose dubs just because i find it fascinating i'm not getting <laughs> this is really interesting i and i think studio ghibli films you can watch them in english and i think they're fine and i think a lot of people you know i think that's more like sub versus dub is definitely like anime watchers and people like that but i was hoping that you would come to me and be like joe Thank you for showing me this movie. I'm like, great. He can tell me <laughs> what I'm supposed to be seeing here. So I'm actually kind of glad. But, and I think my question is for you, and you said you get it. Tell me more. Why do you think this movie is so beloved? And maybe we can talk about it more, but why do you think this movie is so beloved and held at such a high regard? I think one, on one layer, is the aesthetics. Mm -hmm. It's an absolutely beautiful film. It looks gorgeous. Some of the shots, I'm not even sure how they were able to pull that off when they're when they're running through the flowers. Mm. Like, oh it, yeah, yeah. It just looked gorgeous. Anything with the dragon looked amazing. The blood, insanely cool. On a second layer, it's just so relatable. When I was watching, it, I was like, yeah, this is how like a kid would react to these kinds of situations, and like it it didn't try to like elevate her we were talking about evil dead last week that little kid that's like severely traumatized this kid in a spirited ways 
dealing with a lot less than yeah <laughs> what the other one is i feel like it's just a relatable story like a lot of it is fantasy and whimsical they they're just taking human stories that are real and just adding that onto it so i feel like that's the reason why people connected with it yeah like could you imagine this was live action i thought about that in the the beginning i was like oh this could have been like a live action movie up until the parts when like the larger monsters started coming out i was like okay now I, now i get why it's, it's animated the, yeah the and the big thing is like if you start reading some of the analysis of this stuff you can really get into like it's got a lot of deep messages there the other thing that would have helped if you know japanese culture and lore and you understand um lore like it's some video game uh if you understand japanese culture a lot of symbolism with the animals mm-hmm. like for example yagababa whatever the owner of the bathhouse whatever her name yeah. is the grandma She's a raven, and in raven in Japanese culture, symbolism is cunning. And I imagine that there's probably something about a dragon and a river that connects. Because you actually, there's a lot of water dragons in anime, too, now that mm-hmm. I think about it. See, that that's what I'm feeling like I'm missing. And I feel like, so Sen, when she's uh, fleeing away with the dragon at the end, and she's like, you know, I fell into this ocean and someone pulled me out. I was like, when did, this is just so random, so out of pocket. Yeah. I just thought the whole movie was out of pocket. Like, we just, like, bring things up. And I feel like that kind of situation in particular, I feel like there's something I'm missing where, like, there might be, like, um, an old folktale about, like, that river or something like that. And that it was just, like, melded into the story. Yeah. If you know more about uh, Japanese old folklore, you definitely get a lot more out of it. I got a lot more out of it now that I know a lot of the stuff from reading about Japanese culture, anime especially, having get a big influence on me. Also, while I was uh, reading up on it uh, after the movie, I did see like a lot of uh, reasons for why it would be important. The another reason would be how it influenced other films after it. Like I'm obviously I'm only looking at really Ponyo and a handful of like clips I've seen of different things, but I can see how like this movie changed films that followed it. Yeah. Do you get a lot of the symbolism and like what it's trying to say? I always find it interesting. Like she walks through the tunnel, parents get transformed. Now she's working to try to take care of her parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stuff like I that. think it was there was a lot of themes about class in it. Mm-hmm. The fact that like it's an abandoned amusement park, and the father says like, "Oh, like you know, there, if it had like a promise in like the '90s, and then they all shut down, and the Yababa, Yababa, Yagababa, Yagababa, Yababa, uh, I forget." Yababa She says something that like humans they ruin everything, and so I feel like it was about like class and also about like our connection with like the world, nature, nature. Yeah. That's a big thing if you watch any more studio. They they do a lot of man nature. Like for example, when they when they clean the big sludge monster and they're pulling the, the handlebar out from the bike. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a river spirit. So that's all the stuff the river spirits collected because we tainted. Uh, there's something interesting about did you and it's funny you say about class. I think there's even something a little bit about the worker and mm-hmm. the employer. Do you notice that all the employees of the bathhouse all look the same? I did notice that. And I always wondered and I haven't, maybe somewhere they said it, but I've never, but I've always wondered, is that like when you start working for a company, you get sort of get lost as an identity. You kind of lose who you are as a person and you're just, everything's about that. You know, the Lynn, the the female at the bathhouse who helps her out, uh, helps rent out. So. I was confused by Lynn a little bit because mm-hmm. she even says it herself when she points the sand and she's like a human. I was like, what is she? Did- well, they're all spirits. They don't like differentiate some of them like haku outside of the dragon part and sen uh mm-hmm. and uh sorry lin. and lin they both look human mm-hmm. but they're spirits yeah 
but everyone else like even though they're spirits they all like look like different kind of creatures yeah i think it's more of the essence of who you are and they don't and that's the thing about this movie it does not tell you anything it just shows you the no face guy probably the most interesting character in the whole film i didn't understand his purpose okay cool He's let in. I'm not sure if no one else was able to let him in because he seems like he walks around, just does his thing. Mm -hmm. And then when he's there, he just like eats everything and eats everyone. And then after being fed the dumpling, he throws everything up and uh, he leaves with them and he goes on the train and and then stays with the the twin sister. I'm like, I don't understand like what, what he wants. Like, like what the purpose of that was and no he doesn't know what he wants that's the purpose of that character and again this is me a lot of reading reading stuff after also just watching the movie again trying to understand granny we'll call her granny granny mm-hmm. knows what he is and if you listen to the film she actually acknowledges like hey we have a no face here so no face is looking for something what do you think he's looking for probably just companionship a connection yeah yeah or an identity in some sense and he's a black formless void you might even call it a pit mm. so he tries to fill that pit with whatever he can but nothing ever is satisfying and then the one thing he wants like he wants sen but he doesn't want sen like to eat her he wants sen to like accept him and to have a connection now that we're talking about it i feel like calling the character no face and like having them be like a nobody yeah kind of fits in but like for me i just like i need like the setups and the payoffs and they're not here that's oh man that's so true and it really used to frustrate me watching these studio ghibli films like they don't tell you anything they just show you and you don't always get a payoff because at some point i'm watching this movie which is it's pretty long two hours 15 minutes two hours and four minutes two hours and four i, I know these numbers John. you know because I, I was i was watching i was like it's amazing how and even at some points during this movie she's supposed to save her parents and then it kind of just doesn't there's all this other stuff that's happening and that's one of the things i do enjoy about movies sometimes i don't think a lot of movies do it well but i think animation and particularly anime can get away with it more people are having their own experiences their own things and you don't have to know everything very much you you meet people in life as you go you cross paths you don't really know what's going on or why they're doing but you happen to meet them there I think that's true of any journey and especially like they're in the spiritual world or the spirit world there's a lot of themes there's a lot of ways you can analyze this and sometimes i feel like studio ghibli does this thing where they don't tell you much so people can analyze it and it's better than it might be on my rewatch i noticed a lot of foreshadowing mm-hmm. in the beginning they're like oh we're moving to this new place these uh the shrines for like the ghosts and they're like, oh, yeah, people, they think spirits are there. And there were the breadcrumbs leading up to, like, the story. And even when the the parents are chowing down on the food, you hear little oink sounds while mm-hmm. they're, they're chopping away. So it's like all, like, the little things are there. It's a movie you have to pay attention. You cannot just sit back. It makes you think, I, uh, you know, it forces you to think. You know, it is a movie at the end of the day. I don't know if I want to think this much, but yeah. You're like, I just want to sit down with some popcorn and just like enjoy a show. I do. And like, this is something I definitely want to show to my kids one day. If I ever have kids, I would love to. Like, you need to watch this film. Is this a kid's movie? You're asking me or you're asking the director? I'm asking you. Do you like, 
Is this? It's a pretty scary kids film. That's what I'm saying. Because while I was reading reviews, I read uh, reviews from critics, but I also read a lot of reviews from people, and a lot of people were saying, "Well, for one, masterpiece," and I was like, "Who? What are you guys smoking?" Um, And then two, a lot of people were like, "Oh, this traumatized me as a kid." So, is this a kids movie? And if so, you said you want to show it to if you have kids in the future, you would want to show it to them at what age? Eleven or twelve? Yeah, I wouldn't show it to to. Uh, too young i think that black monster eating a bunch of things would definitely creep me out i think the sludge monster even the grandma you know chichiro which i'm pretty sure is her actual name but like at the end of the movie like she isn't the same person that she was when she walked in Mm -hmm. yet she clings to her mom at the end which i never noticed the same way and it's the same i think they repeat the line Mm -hmm. they're like oh don't pull so hard because you're you'll make me trip the older you get the more i rewatch it i always get something different now that i watch it and i think that's great about a film i can say like i watch it and i oh i learned something different about life does because i haven't showed you like this is not anime let me be clear this movie is not Oh, I was anime. 100% relating it to anime. It's anime, but by technicality, it's anime. But I'm talking about like anime tropes and stuff. Because eventually I want you to watch like the most shonen stereotypical. I close my sword after slicing someone and they fall behind me. Like, we're going to get to that. This is just like, I figured why not show them what's considered one, considered one of the best pieces of anime to just get you. I'm not going to make you watch anime every single Nixon Joe's pick. <laughs> I'll definitely sp- uh, spread them out. Right. But I just want to let you know that there is a movie, Studio Ghibli, called Howl's Moving Castle. I've heard of that one. Christian Bale. And who's the who's the guy from How I Met Harry Met Sally? Uh, Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal is a plays a talking fire. <laughs> okay? He's a talking fire. I guess fire plays, but he's talking fire. And Christian Bale is a wizard. Okay? That's all I got to tell you about this film. We may never talk about it again on this podcast, but you need to watch it. So, overall thoughts? I think it's an incredibly gorgeous looking film in terms of animation. I think the story, a little riffing off of Alice in Wonderland, but also it plays out a lot like a novel, kind of like children's fiction book. Would I watch it again? Probably not. Two, two seems to be the number for me. So, I'm... I meant two watches. Oh, two watches. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, whoa, a two. Dang. <laughs> not, not too far off. I'm yeah. going to give it a three. Okay. A solid three for being somewhat entertaining, lightly whimsical. I get it, but like, I don't really like get it. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. How about you? The more I watch it, the higher the number goes. I think when I first watched it, I gave it a three, but every time I watch it, I like this movie more and more and it just does something. You know what? Let's just be generous. I'm going to give it a five. I just like this movie. I don't know what to tell you. I think there are problems with it, but I let those slide because, yeah, I like it. Five. All right. So this is a good time for a commercial break. If you couldn't hear me, that's because I had my front-facing hoodie on. Have you ever wanted an easy way to get out of a conversation? Slowly pull your hood up from the front and then cover your face. People will be shocked and stop talking to you. If you use the coupon code today, FRONTFACE, we'll even install an easy way to mount your phone. That's right, you can watch movies on an airplane and nobody will know if you're there. Don't want to go out and get recognized? The front-facing hoodie literally has you covered. Don't want to smell the awful vegetables on the subway on the guy next to you? 
you? Hoodie up. Don't want to be a witness to a crime? Hoodie up. Don't want to see your lover break up with you? Hoodie up. Don't want to look into the disappointing eyes of your parents that you started a podcast instead of going for a medical degree? Hoodie up. Stop seeing what's outside in the world in front of you and instead look back into yourself and avoid all of that with our patented technological front-facing hoodie. The front-facing hoodie is not liable for any damages or awful experience that may come from putting the hoodie around your face. The material used for the front-facing hoodie is not breathable. Any suffocation or loss of breath while using the front-facing hoodie is not liable. And we're back. You picked an Oscar winner. I picked not an Oscar winner. I can't believe you made me watch this movie. <laughs> I never know with you, are you going to show me greatness or are you going to show me dog shit? Much, <laughs> you showed me dog shit. Much like my dad, I am the epitome of the duality of man <laughs> where I can watch high art cinema and I can watch the trashiest of movie and give them the same review. <laughs> <laughs> I can watch The Departed. I can watch White Chicks. I have no problem giving them both five stars for just en- entertaining the hell out of me. We, I paired spirited away with demolition man <laughs> this was your pick my pick not mine so 1993's demolition man is the directorial debut of marco brambilla it stars sylvester stallone wesley snipes sandra bullock and nigel hawthorne nigel hawthorne 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 why can't you say i don't that? know why i'm not too much awe in your brooklyn and <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>, nigel hawthorne <laughs> Demolition Man is about a cop, a.k.a. Sylvester Stallone, who is tracking down a criminal. He is finally able to track down this criminal and stop him. However, the criminal, a.k.a. Wesley Snipes, blows up a building, killing 20 people, 20 or 30 people in the process. Both Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes are then put into cryo-freeze for rehabilitation. However, 30-something years later, however long it is, they're sentenced to 75 years, Wesley Snipes is let out early. And starts rampaging on a new San Angeles 37 years later and is causing chaos among the city. The whole world has been transformed at this point into a police force that doesn't know how to fight these criminals. They're very wimpy. They're weak. It's a police force that hasn't had crime in about 10 years. So they decryo freeze Sylvester Stallone's character to go catch Wesley Snipes and that is this movie if you are lost you should be because this movie is all over the place it is out of control and I I don't know whether to thank you or to hate you for making me watch this film I'm still lost um so I know you had a question right out of the gate yeah why (laughs) is this this is one at any point this movie was a one or a five there was no <laughs> That's the, with some of these movies you watch them like okay like russell crowe it's getting bad okay it's getting so bad now it's good this movie cannot be it's it's a one or it's a five any other rating i don't believe you you either love this movie or you hate this movie so this is gonna be an exciting rating at the end i love action movies i love campy cheesy action movies from the 80s and 90s just a little background on this film I said it was the directorial debut of uh, Marco Brambilla. He has not made a movie since this film. And after that, he just stopped and became an artist. He has exhibits inside of museums now. He's like a really big 3D art designer. Okay. And then also, at the time, Sylvester Stallone was on a down. His films were not performing the way they used to with Rambo and Rocky. And he was in a... A really big competition with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger was also going downhill. And this was considered his return. Sylvester Stallone. This movie? This movie. Did we watch the same movie? (laughs) 
Return to what? Return to form. <laughs> okay, to be fair, he is good in this movie. The problem is everything else around him. <laughs> I think the problem is the... Also, this is Sandra Bullock pre-speed. I thought she was good, too. Well, she got nominated for a Raz- Razzie for this movie. For a bad performance? For a bad performance. But her character is a bad performance. <laughs> this movie is so bad. All right, so it's very tongue-in-cheek. It's a sci-fi action film, so it has... It starts off in the 90s. Now, I also... I didn't notice this until a few years ago. I watch this movie probably every few years. And did you notice that it opens up with the Hollywood sign burning? Yeah. And then the subtitle says Los Angeles? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's what. That's the first thing. That's the first thing I said, huh? <laughs> Once they go into cryo-freeze and they come out in the future, they're in 2032. Yeah. We have a little bit of time to get there. But this is the 90s version of the future. If you notice, they got a lot right. No, and that's where this film is absolute genius. Is that it does get a crazy ton of things right. Alright, what's the first thing that you like that I got right? We'll go back and forth because there's so much to say. Zoom calls. Yeah, Zoom calls. Self-driving cars. Yeah, it's crazy. It got some of the, uh, it got the culture right. It did. It keyed into like PC culture. It also keyed into like non physical hand gestures because of all the germs and everything that happened vr sexual experiences which is that is what's actually big in the news right now is talking about that yeah it's amazing how much this movie got right i even love the consent for sex from sandra bullock (laughs) it's like all right what i thought was great he just talked about his wife dying in the last scene And he's like, okay, all right. Other things this movie predicted, uh, actually the franchise wars to some extent. I don't know if you remember a few years back, there was the like the fried chicken sandwich wars and stuff like that. So hinting at like big corporations, sort of, you know, one thing owning everything. Like what are we going to be like four companies soon? Google, Amazon, Apple, and Taco Bell owning everything. That would that'd be interesting. It's very self-aware of what it's doing and it's making fun of some of the tropes it is trying to subvert them at the same time yeah and that's my problem with this movie if they went full parody i think i would have really liked this movie more so it does a lot of tongue-in-cheek things but then it still tries to be a movie at the end it was just over the top he had wesley snipes with the giant futuristic gun that shot at him and then his next thing he does is he just runs at him and he (laughs) he actually knocks him over (laughs) Uh, when he when he's fighting Wesley Snipes, he's like stuck in this claw. His way of getting out is to freeze one of the hands of the claw and then punch it until it explodes. <laughs> yeah, it would be harder though. <laughs> uh, so who was the surprise Dennis Leary's in this movie, which mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting. At one point, I just go, "Is that Dennis Leary?" And it's Dennis Leary with a big beard. The fact that like he won't remain silent even though certain words are banned. Mm-hmm. If you know anything about Canada, they are, they try to ban words constantly or certain like words of speech, and he believes in free speech. I don't think we ever say too much, but is this film worth your time? Well, I would say Spirited Away definitely is. Is Demolition Man worth your time? I think 10 years ago I've been like, no, <laughs> it's not. But right now, it is so worth your time. You'll be surprised at how many things of what it thought about the future was just so spot on. Do you think it will hold up as the years progress? probably not no i take that back because what i think people might say see here's the thing about this film right Mm -hmm. Uh, when it comes to demolition man i think people be like you need to go watch this movie what it thought about the future and see how interesting it is 
and watch it for that, and that would be a great reason to watch this movie. But interesting point that I wanted to talk about when we were talking about Spirited Away, and now is a good mm-hmm. time to like bring it up. Eddie and I have talked about this a lot. Not Demolition Man. Rewatchability. How does that play into your review? If we talk about like Scorsese, the director of uh, Goodfellas Casino, mm-hmm. Raging Bull, he made a movie back in 2016 called Silence. Oh, I know this movie very well. Oh, you watched it? I've watched it many times. Okay, perfect. So I love this movie. I have only watched it one time, and I have no desire to watch it again. Mm-hmm. I understand it. I love it. It's a beautiful film. Great story. Great performances. Mm-hmm. But it's not something I'm gonna rewatch. But Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, I'll yeah. play that. Rookie numbers. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna hike those. Up. <laughs> I can confidently give Wolf of Wall Street the same kind of review that I would give Silence. I feel like the rating for both of them would be similar in my head. I don't think. I, I know for me, rewatchability, replayability, we'll watchability. It's the same thing. But I don't think it does anything for me. I think anytime I watch a movie, I view it, I try to, even though I referenced Spirit Away, like the more I watched it, the more I liked it. I think I generally, genuinely try to review a movie for what it is and for what I saw and for what I think about it. I think film is, I, you can argue, I mean, you're the filmmaker, but like on a philosophical sense, if we're only, if we're judging that a film is best when it's rewatched multiple times, then the, the best movie for me would be The Land, Land Before, Before Time. Time. So for me... <clears throat> If we're going based off that, then The Land Before Time is my favorite, is the best movie that's ever been made of all time, which makes no sense. I guess I don't watch a lot of action films. The only Terminator movie I think I've seen is three, (laughs) which I hear is really bad, right? It's one of the worst ones. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I've seen parts of the first one and I don't get why everyone loves Judgment Day. All right. (laughs) Judgment Day is considered one of the greatest action films of all time. I didn't, maybe I don't like action movies. Yeah. I also feel like um, movies change when you grow grow up with them. Yeah. Like, I feel like if I saw Spirited Away when I was a kid, I'd have a different reaction to it than I would now seeing it at 29 for the first time. Oh, I didn't watch Spirited Away until I was in college, I think. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Demolition Man, I probably saw it when I was like six or seven. Okay. No, and I totally get it. There are movies that you see your kid you're, and you just fall in love with it. No, I get that 100%. I, I'm going to be honest, I find the f- opening scene to be so weak in Demolition Man, I was just coming in from bad, and it won me over with its comedy. Like, it is funny. I do think it's really funny. It just doesn't, it just doesn't hit any good notes for me. I think the action scenes are kind of meh. It's too, it's just too much. They just, it's too much, man. So overall rating for one. Demolition Man. <laughs> one. It's a one. It's not even, one as a movie, five for social commentary. Okay. <laughs> Because <laughs> excellent social commentary, but your movie sucks. It's a one. It's a good thing you're sitting down for this. I'm going to give it a four. <laughs> what? <laughs> I can't believe you just thought that. And the only reason, the oh only God. reason for that, oh. I would have went three, but we don't do halves in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> it is just a fun time for me. I grew up with the film. It's just hysterical. I think fun to watch, just kick back, relax, and that kind of thing. I was ready to turn off this movie after 10 minutes. That's that's where I stand. And thank God they had some funny things. So. They have real... They're trying to have character development. I don't care what you're saying. This movie's a one. They're trying. They're not not trying. They are how trying. Da- how dare them for trying? <laughs> yeah, because... No, have you heard some of this, the writing for this movie? It's awful. It's so bad. I'm, I'm vibing with... <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. There's no way. Look at that poster. See the Clockstoppers poster? 
bit. You see how seriously they're taking themselves? Look at him. Look at him. Look at him. Look. He's looking like this is the only movie. That's how Stallone acts in this movie. This is the only action movie to ever get made. This movie is a one. It is awful. Do not watch it. This has been an episode of Take 303, powered by Fort Wayne Media. With every episode, we're going to be asking a question and leaving a poll. For this week's poll, we're asking which is a better film, a masterpiece that you don't want to watch more than once, or a great film that you can watch anytime. And the question of the week is which film are you most thankful for, for seeing in theaters when it originally was released? Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Fort Way Media. Leave a comment on there. Tell us what you thought of the episode, whether you agree or disagree with anything that we said. And tell a friend about the podcast. The word of mouth is the best way. You can also follow us on Patreon. You can subscribe and support the podcast. Help us grow. Help us release more content. We drop our episodes every Wednesday, so make sure to catch us for the next one.